You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, brilliant and brainy, breathing bros and brontosauruses. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 126. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your cacophony of quiz crunching cookie cohort co-hosts. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. If you're not a bro, you're a brontosaurus. <laughs> yeah, so yes. pick a side. Well. <laughs> Quick listener uh, thank you. I went to Penny Arcade Expo in Seattle uh, the last weekend and met a couple of Good Job Brain listeners. Um, and uh, uh, one of them, his name is Kevin, and he gave me a stack of books for all of us, uh, oh. thus forming the... The seed or the genesis of the Good Job Brain Library, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which all which we all own and none of us owns. Um, one of the one of the books of facts that he gave me is called A Hog on Ice and Other Curious Expressions. Uh, it's a book of where did colorful English language idioms come from? Oh, so, yeah. that'd be actually, helpful um, for me. This is interesting. Baker's Dozen is in here, and mm-hmm. what it, uh, Baker's Dozen, of course, being thirteen mm-hmm. instead of you know twelve loaves of bread or whatever. It says that in England, Parliament enacted a law in twelve. 1266 for regulating pieces of bread by weight with severe penalties for shorting somebody on the weight of loaves of bread. So because bakers, rather than weigh everything, they would just (laughs) throw in an An extra load. Yeah, basically. Just in case. Yep. It became known as the inbred, I-N-B-R-E-A-D, <laughs> or vantage loaf. Okay. The vantage loaf. That's like that. Because it gave a vantage or a chance to the bakers to obey the law. It gave you an advantage, advantage loaf. Va- vantage loaf sounds like a business term, doesn't it? it? Does. Yeah, like, yeah, totally like, does. Okay, so yep. the vantage loaf, we're going to capitalize so, on yep. that. And so the 13th in a baker's dozen is known as the vantage loaf. Thank you very oh, much, That's Kevin, That's good. For that's these that's a good uh, pub quiz team name is vantage. <laughs> People are like, what's that? I will continue our housekeeping portion of the show uh, before we get into the trivia. I have an installment of our omissions and errors segment, affectionately mm-hmm. called. Um, actually, <laughs> this is hands down my favorite. Um, actually, that we've ever done. Okay, uh, okay. I had so much fun uh, correcting and re- researching this one. So a couple episodes ago, on the all about butts uh, episode, <laughs> uh, I was talking about etymologies of various butt and booty related words, um, and I had mentioned that uh, the sources I had checked for bootylicious showed that it was as late as 1998. And Dana, you were skeptical uh, right when we were yeah. recording, and sure enough. Uh, we had more than one listener wrote in and said, I swear I could remember Snoop Dogg using the word bootylicious in the Dr. Dre song from The Chronic in 1993. Three, yeah. yeah. Right. So I, I decided to get to the bottom of bootylicious. Ba-bum-bum. So, yeah, thank you. thank you. One of the advantages of having a wife who is in academia means that I have, uh, by extension, access to the full OED, Oxford <laughs> English oh. Dictionary uh, Online. I know that's you, a perk you love. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like, so, sure enough, mm-hmm. I went on to OED Online. <clears throat> bootylicious. Okay. <laughs> Adjective. Slang, originally United States. 1992. Wow. Snoop Doggy Dog from the song <clears throat> with Dre Day. Uh, it's a, there's a uh, profanity in the title. Oh, okay. We'll just say it's Dre Day. Okay. Yeah. 
them rhymes you were kicking were quite bootylicious. Wow. So wow. not only dated to 1992, but credited to Snoop Dogg. He he wow. he is the or the originator of record as far as the OED is concerned. Mm. And as I think uh, listener Bobby pointed out, and as the OED notes as well, the original meaning it wasn't like you know in a sexual sense or anything good. He meant it as a slam, like he was talking about another rapper. And oh. when he's saying those were, your rhymes were bootylicious, he meant like oh, they, they're they're they bad. Like bad. Yeah. yeah. So, oh. Oh, okay. Their official definition. It tasted like butt. Yeah, yeah. 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 Their, right, their right, official yeah. definition: bootylicious, bad, or weak. <gasps> oh, like a butt. Yeah. So it was not until right. later that it kind of took on the uh, the destiny's child meaning of bootylicious. Okay. Right, right, right. It's like yeah, your rhymes taste like doo doo. <laughs> mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So there we go. 1992 documented Snoop Dogg. Thank you very Wonderful. much. All right. Another. Note, uh, from a listener, listener Jenna made a, uh, comment on, uh, the blog post for our latest all quiz bonanza and pointed out something that I had no idea about is that the, the quiz, um, that I did, which was, uh, 13L in a BD. Oh, the abbreviation quiz. Right, the abbreviations quiz was actually created as so many of these things are, by Will Shorts, oh, Crossword okay. Editor for the New York Times, Mr. and uh, Mr. 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 Puzzles, yeah. exactly, uh, for Games Magazine back in the late 70s, early wow. 80s. Wow. Wow. Um, and as Jenna huh. put it, it was rapidly sort of ripped off and uh, shared without attribution as uh, Xerox lore. Yeah. <laughs> Xerox lore. That Pre, was a big thing. Pre-internet. Fax lore, <laughs> they also, they also kind of called it. The, the spreading of folk information and games and puzzles Xerox and humor lore. by oh, by yeah. Xerox machines yeah, fax and faxes. Right, and yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. No, nobody updated it. Awesome. All right. Well, that was a lot of housekeeping. Woo. Are you ready for our first general trivia segment? Pop quiz! Hot shot. <laughs> 30 minutes yeah. later. All right. Here we go. I have a random Trivial Pursuit card, and you guys have your morning radio zoo buzzers. Here we go. Blue Edge for Geography. A branch of what art museum attracted over a million visitors to the Basque region of Spain in its first year of operation? Colin. Oh, that's the Guggenheim in Bilbao. Yes. Whoa. It is the Frank Gehry building known as the Wavy Silver building. Right, (laughs) right. All of his buildings (laughs) are wavy. Like many of the Frank Gehry buildings. They're wavy. All right, Pink Wedge for pop culture. What animated buddies got their start mocking music videos on MTV? <laughs> Everybody. Beavis and, and Butthead. Head. Oh, it would have been great for two episodes ago. I know. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. That's random. That's what it's random. Box you always me. say it's random. Yep. Yellow Wedge. What last name did Melinda French take in 1994 when she wed her company CEO? Oh, uh, Chris. That, that would be Gates. Yes. yes. Uh, she married... Bill. Bill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bill Gates. Yep. Well, no, I was just reading the notes. Oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. Oh, it's in... Oh, God. Yeah, right. There are a lot of notes on these cards these days. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Purple Wedge. What artist put a shark in formaldehyde, creating an artwork that eventually sold for $8 million? Colin knows this one. I think that's Damien Hurst. There's only oh. one. Yep. Holy cow. That's him. He, in fact, did do a cow as well. Yep. He's, yes, he's done some large scale. Uh, <laughs> the split the, cow. The sliced cow. Yeah. Right? Oh. yeah. That was also Damien Hurst. It's very right. weird and gross. All right. Uh, Green Wedge for science. What was the first animated feature film generated completely on computers? Mm. Colin. I think that's usually credited as Toy Story, right? Yeah. yeah. Correct. So. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 
It was also the highest grossing film of 1995. Wow, that is okay. almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. All right, last question. Orange Wedge, what whiskey-based liquor is mixed with cranberry and lime juices to make a Scarlet O'Hara? What? Whiskey-based liquor. liquor. Oh, I mean, is it bourbon? Bourbon. Incorrect. No. Is it a whiskey-based liquor? Liquor? Liquor. Is mixed with what now? Uh, Cranberry and lime juices to make a Scarlet Scarlet O'Hara, which is southern. What's a whiskey-based Brandy? No. That's why we said bourbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Southern. The answer is Southern Comfort. Ah. Oh, okay. So Southern Comfort is not whiskey, whiskey but it's, it's whiskey a whiskey-based. Yeah, I, I knew it was it was its own little thing. Ah. Huh. SoCo is huh. one of those uh, kind of alcohol that doesn't really... Oh, uh, you got to mix so, it with lime. Well, with Karen. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I actually have one challenge uh, trivia question for everybody, but mostly uh, directed towards Colin. Oh, uh, okay. Jay Kramer, an 11-year-old, uh, wrote in and asked us some uh, some sport trivia questions okay. that he wrote. Uh-huh. Which city has the most sports champion titles? Ooh, most sports champion titles. Okay, well, I mean, just... So, so including <sighs> okay. MLB, baseball, NBA, basketball, NFL, football, NHL, hockey. Yeesh. New uh, so York. New, New York, York City. Is- so like 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 the Celtics are going to skew it toward Boston. The Red Wings are going to skew it toward Detroit. The Lakers are going to skew it toward L.A. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Boston's got football and hockey as well. Uh, Boston. Chris is right. It is New York City. Yeah, because like between like with the, yeah, the Yankees yeah, and yeah. The so Giants baseball got like twenty is right. They got twenty something. Yeah. Yeah. New York yeah. City has thirty five okay. MLB champions. Oh, okay. Yep. Total number of fifty of the four major sports. Mm-hmm. Who what city do you think is number two? It's not Boston. It's I, Boston. Oh, okay. Boston with thirty five total. Yeah. Okay. And, so New York's and like got the half of those are the Celtics, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so number one, New York City, but most time in pub quiz they will ask you for number two. No. Number two <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Number two's number two show up a lot. Yep, yeah. yeah. Everybody knows number one, what is number two? So Austin, Everyone except for Colin. <laughs> I know. Everyone Colin. except for Colin. Chris and I looked at each other like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, why'd you poop on our victory? I know. <laughs> like, like, like any any idiot. <laughs> <laughs> as as any functioning adult knows, yeah, right, right. monkey off the street. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I know it's okay. Oh, my face oh all right, all right. Well, all right. thank Woo. you, Jay Kramer. Thank you. The other day, I was on the train and I was brainstorming uh, topics for this week's episode, and I was like, "Oh, you know what?" Like. I look around and everybody has their headphones on, everybody's reading, everybody has like something they're working on, something like on the go. Mm-hmm. You know, someone has a water bottle, someone's probably listening to podcast or music and someone's reading a book. So I was like, oh, we should do an episode on things on the go, things we bring with us. So this week, we're taking it to go. Uh, 
I will start us off with a quiz called Drinks to Go. Oh. Again. Not was one for the road. Thinking of, you know, thought about it, <laughs> but uh, it's not all of that stuff in the car. So oh, okay. it's, it's all around beverages that are portable in one way or another, situations where you might take a drink with you. I, I think you guys will figure out the theme right. as we okay. go. Designed sure. for you to carry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Cup holders in cars. Wow. Um, I mean, especially in America these days, it, it's, I mean, y- you'd be hard pressed to buy a car that did not have at least one cup holder in it today. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen a car without one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really started, it really started becoming the norm in the 90s. And that was when just sort of just hit, you know, peak cup holder <laughs> was, yeah. was in the 1990s. Yep. Um, by the end of the decade, yeah. I mean, most cars not only had yeah, one, was, but. In the, in the 80s, it was definitely like, oh, you have a cup holder in your car. Yeah. That's cool. Feature, but now yeah. it's like that you must have cup holders all the time. I remember when I was a kid. I mean, I guess they still sell these, but it wasn't uncommon to see the little. Oh yeah, you buy the aftermarket cup holder that just hooks oh, over the on. window. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Auto manufacturers caught on. Uh, I think I can say that this uh, reached its zenith with the 1997 Chevrolet Venture minivan. So uh, <laughs> I want you to guess. Oh, okay. We're going to go closest right. okay. to okay. closest to without going over. We'll okay. do prices right. Sure. How many cup holders came in the 1997 Chevrolet Venture? Okay. I will tell you that it was the most number at that time okay. that had ever been put into a American vehicle. It was a minivan. All right, and okay. Karen, let's just go around with with your guesses. Right. Okay, okay. Fifteen. I'm gonna guess eleven. I was gonna guess twelve. Karen is closest. Really? Okay. The 97 Chevy Venture had. <laughs> 17 oh, cup holders wow. for a vehicle that seats eight people. Oh, what? <laughs> two two what? drinks. Yes. Uh, two drinks per person? Yeah. I was thinking it was one of those minivans that has three rows of rear seating. and Or not a minivan, but, you know, like three yeah. rows of seating, three people in each row gets you to nine, and then ten, eleven for the two front seats. But no. Don't forget <laughs> that on the car sides, too. So yeah. not only right. cup so holders they, in the middle. So, of course, you need to be able to put yeah. your drink on the left or your right, of course. <laughs> Yeah, so you could be safely hydrated. There's a drink, a oh, drink, yeah. no matter where you were, a drink within arm's reach. That's drink. right, that's right. <laughs> Let me start with a little story here on this next question. Oh. Uh, the first time I ever went on an extended hiking trip, I think I was about 13. I was I was away at the sleepaway camp, mm-hmm. you know, so we were going off into the wilderness for a few days. And, <laughs> and he never came back. <laughs> and then who was podcast? <laughs> then who was podcast? <laughs> Um, and part of the fun of the trip was, you know, we were allowed to pack everything we wanted. We could take whatever we wanted because we we're all carrying our own bags. And it was basically on us, you know. Uh, they encouraged us to pack to bring a lot of water. Mm-hmm. You need to stay hydrated, especially when your kid's out and, you know, hiking around the wilderness. So, you know, I loaded up like six canteens full of water. <laughs> Put him in my, you know, because like I didn't want to get to yeah. Exactly, I wanted to be prepared. Aww. So I throw the bag on my back, and I realize. Holy crap, water's really heavy. <laughs> the water's like really heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so I took a few of them out. Uh, all of this to lead up to my question to you guys. How much does a gallon of water weigh? Oh. oh. And I can gallon. see Chris's gears turning because he knows a secret mnemonic that That's, might help I, him. Here. I do know the secret mnemonic. I just can't remember how many. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't remember the mnemonic. Yes. All right, Chris, you want to take a stab um, at it? A Gallon of water weighs <laughs> stalling. <laughs> oh my god! Eight pounds. You are very close. Yes, oh, okay. eight, eight yeah. and a third pounds. Okay, yeah. oh, a little can bit. I, yes. Can I have? Yes, can absolutely. I get the W on that one? Absolutely. All right. 
And uh, Chris, I think you were the one who mentioned the mnemonic on our show. Uh, I may have. Of a pint's a pound, the, the world, world around. around. That's right. right. So oh, it was just a I question see. of me remembering how many pints are in a gallon. Yeah. <laughs> so eight, eight and a third pounds uh, for you scientifically minded listeners at standard temperature and oh, pressure. Oh, you can use those as weights then. Yeah, you could. Sure. Yeah. The thermos beverage container yeah. was introduced in 1904. And of course, the main selling point of the thermos is it keeps hot liquids hot, keeps cold liquids cold. Mm-hmm. But tell me, how does a thermos work? Karen. Oh, buzzing oh. in? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, okay. Go for it. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, there is a vacuum space mm. between the container that has the liquid and then the outer container there's a vacuum yeah absolutely right mm-hmm. it there starts as to be insulation glass and and metal right yeah and often the, 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 often the, glass it can be yeah. metal and metal it can be yeah yeah but yeah the, the key, I don't think like I don't think they use glass anymore for I mean, they don't they, they don't for most yeah right, sure, yeah, sure, yeah sure, sure. just for safety but reasons but the point is it is is not the it's not the thing it's the absence of the thing yep the original vacuum flask uh is commonly called a Dewar flask uh hmm. after James Dewar Scottish scientist who basically invented the modern design for it <laughs> and and sort of shared the design with the founders of thermos he didn't want like patent or anything on it he's like here's you go here's this cool thing wow this is, nature. This is interesting i did uh, as a side side note i learned uh thermos has become a uh, genericized trademark no really yeah in the <gasps> 60s it was declared oh, really so wow. like like aspirin or or zipper it's you wow. can call, xerox. you can call a, a no not xerox. Xerox, oh, is xerox is not xerox. Yeah, xerox, yeah. yeah xerox and velcro are ones that are not right they're, they're fighting Hard I thought to keep that it. that's very interesting. I thought that Thermos uh, had the... successfully fended it off thus far, but yeah, apparently yeah, not. that's what oh, I read. Wow. Hmm. All right, last one here. This beverage brand, named after an Italian island, was introduced in 1969 and has been known from the beginning for its distinctive packaging. Oh. Capri Sun. Capri Sun. Yes. Yes. Distinctive packaging. I had always assumed this was a total American invention. It's not. It was German originally. I thought it was named Germans. They make good stuff. (laughs) Capri Sun. No. uh, Is that Tetra Pak? It's not a Tetra Pak. It's like a foil pouch. It's a bag. Yeah. It's a bag it was of a foil bag. Yeah. Rudolf Wild of Germany, the Wild Company, uh-huh. he specifically wanted to sell a drink with novel packaging. Like, that was oh, his goal. So he's that like, was the whole, the whole point. Was he's the- like, I want to come out with something that has packaging that no one's ever seen before, and this will be its selling yeah. point. Screw oh. efficiency. Genius. 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 It's so true. So it's yeah. not even like there was a special reason for the packaging. He, he just wanted Save to make the or, craziest yeah. packaging. That's yeah. Awesome. Apparently, uh, a sale, a product, a packaging salesman showed him the pouch. He's like, "That's it. There's my, yeah. there's my container." It just yep. doesn't even taste that good, but it is fun. Like everybody's <laughs> right, had it. Right, I had right. so much Capri Sun as a yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. Juice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The original Capri Sun. No, I, drink. I learned they are very proud of the fact that all the original Capri Suns were all natural. Like, that was one of their main selling points. Original. All natural ingredients. Okay. Sure. What about Well, you know what days? else is? Yeah, yeah, Astorium exactly. is also all natural. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> just have this mental image of somebody holding up a beaver and just squeezing <laughs> it. Into going going into a bag marked Capri Sun. It's <laughs> <laughs> an assembly all line. All natural. Put <laughs> <laughs> a straw in the beaver. But. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that. Now that's original packaging. <laughs> Very nice. cool. I have an excerpt from a New York Times article from 1980. Here we go. Josh Lansing and the young blonde woman he had never even met before, but as they passed each other on Madison Avenue the other afternoon, she waved and smiled, and he tipped his headphones in salute. 
This, it should be understood, is not your stereotypical pickup. It was rather a stereophonic encounter. (laughs) What the two well-dressed strangers first noticed about each other was that they were both possessors of the newest status symbol around town, the Walkman, a portable stereo unit priced in most stores at $200, consisting of an ultralight headphone set plugged into a cassette player that weighs at less than 14 ounces, batteries included. It's just like Mercedes-Benz owners honking when they pass each other on the road, explained sure. Lansing. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. hung from his Gucci belt. The woman was strapped around perfectly tan shoulders. That's just a little taste of the people at the cutting oh edge God. of personal audio entertainment. Wow, the Walkman. The Walkman. It was released publicly in Japan in 1979. One of the leaders of Sony didn't like the name Walkman. He hated the name Walkman, but they'd already started promoting it. So it was <laughs> Whoops. <a> yeah. <laughs> In America, it was called the soundabout for a moment. For oh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> they went to Walkman, Discman. It was such a big deal. Oh, and my God. Oh, yeah. Such a big deal. I mean, listening to some of these people, it's kind of the complaints against Google last now. It's so interesting. Oh, that- like people think they're, they're D-bags? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yes. totally. Just like uh, Mercedes Benz owners honking at each other. <laughs> right, right, right. Or, uh, it's like an ostentatious status symbol when you're the very first one. When you're the, yeah. when you're the very first one. Well, it was one. like, do you, yeah. you really need to be like out and about in public listening to your own private music? Yeah. Like, well, but but the idea was just like, oh, well, I mean, why are you doing that? It's ridiculous. There you go. It's the thinking man's box was the opinion <laughs> of a man in a pinstripe suit who said he was listening to a business meeting I missed and my secretary taped. Sure, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you know, prior to this, like, music was very much like, you know, it was a piece of furniture in your house, you know? like I love this one. Mark Lavasco takes his Walkman plus a backpack of cassettes when he goes (laughs) discoing. When he goes discoing. I don't like the DJ's (laughs) choice of music. He said, I play my own and I'm happy. Yeah. Dancing, dancing to your own music. Yeah, that did not. Okay, and then my backpack full of cassette. That was my favorite. The Walkman, even the cassette Walkman, they stopped producing them in Japan just uh, in 2010. They still, (gasps) they still make them for in the United States. Mm. Whoa! I mean, how many cassettes do you you have? How else are you Mm -hmm. supposed to play those tapes now? Right, right. It's also probably just so cheap at this point. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And talk about like you know names becoming genericized like. I remember as a kid, any grown-up, like to, to a grown-up, any portable device it's was a Walkman. Walkman. Any, sure. Yeah, it didn't yeah. matter what yeah. manufacturer yeah. Yeah. it was. I'm sure yeah. that just killed Sony. I'm sure they mm-hmm. hated that. Mm-hmm. Well, they had like the Walkman, the Discman, the whatever man, but now Walkman is their CD one. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like all of them are just Walkman. They're just Walkman. Ah, That's right. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. They were smart enough yeah. to have tape in the name or cassette. Yep. Oh, back to Google Glass. Mm-hmm. Do you know what people who are new to the Google Glass, who are the first <laughs> of the Google Glass? Oh, I, know, they call themselves? I know what people call what them, but I don't know what they call themselves. They call themselves like pioneers, right? Explorers. Explorers. Oh, they call themselves okay. explorers. That's a trivia question. That's, yeah. yeah, explorers. Okay. Yeah. I know um, what other people call right, themselves. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, things not. For- it rhymes yeah. with uh, glass bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Have you guys Have you guys tried them yet? No, I know no, you I have. have. I, have. I have. Oh, you have. I've yeah, never yeah. tried them. Yeah, they're they're fine. I, I know, I see, I know. <laughs> it's it's gonna it's so it's so useful that I think yeah. when it becomes mass market price, you're you're gonna start seeing. It, whether yeah. it's, whether it's shaped like Google Glass or whether it's something else that's built into eyeglasses or other kind of headwear, like, I, I think, I think we'll something. start seeing more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about the jawbone. 
And I feel like the jawbone also got kind of everybody was using it. And uh, what's like, that you jawbone? Look at the, the, Bluetooth, even know what the little Bluetooth, oh, you know, yeah, that everybody that had. Yeah. But like, then, then it stopped, right? They stopped. People stopped talking yeah, on, on the phone. phone yeah. yeah. People started, just started texting everything via, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was really, that, that was a weird era for me <laughs> because you stopped being able to tell who was a crazy person <laughs> on the street yeah. ranting about conspiracy theories and who was just like, on a business call. Ranting about conspiracy. Well, yeah. 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 Right, right. <laughs> well, if we're going to talk about the Walkman, we should probably also discuss the Game Boy. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure, I mean, nobody ever from Nintendo ever said, yes, we named our portable video game machine the Game Boy to take a little dig at Sony's Walkman, but that's probably Do you think it was it a dig from. or a, like, this will make marketing easier? A playful Let's do this. sort of, yeah. I thought it was a great name, though. It no, is a great name. You said that I never, I I never never thought thought about about that until you said that. Walkman, Game Boy, portable video games are very big business for Nintendo. In fact, uh, depending on how you count it, it's their their biggest business. Um, Nintendo has sold 273 million home video game machines, like the Super Nintendo or the GameCube Mm. or the Wii. Nintendo has sold just under. 400 million wow. portable gaming machines. Wow. So it's, 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 it far and away exceeds the number yeah. of home gaming machines that Nintendo has <laughs> See, sold. if you have yeah. two kids, you buy one console, but yeah. you need two portable and then, ones. And, and then they hit yeah. you with upgrades. So the Game Boy, as with many early Nintendo games and creations, was uh, primarily considered to be the child of Gunpei Yokoi, who was mm. one of Nintendo's engineers. He had been with the company. He was, he was a mechanic working on the machines where they were making playing cards and toys all throughout their transformation from playing cards in the 1800s, you know, into toys, into electronic toys, into video games. And his philosophy, I'm going to speak some Japanese here, so get ready for this. He had distilled his philosophy uh, for products or, you know, uh, inventions Mm -hmm. down into this phrase, which is kareta gijutsu no suihei shiko. And that is lateral thinking with withered technology. Mm. Withered technology. Withered technology or seasoned technology sometimes mm-hmm. translated up as a withered as a plant withers. Mm-hmm. Um, technology that has withered. So basically what this means is taking cheap stuff, taking technology that's already been used, um, that's no longer cutting edge, but using it in a unique way. Mm. Yeah. This explains a lot of what Nintendo has yeah. done with video games. I mean, this is, this is the philosophy of the Wii, which used old, like, technology that was five years old but in a different way maxing mm. it out or mm-hmm. just hmm. one major example of this was one day in the late 70s yokoi was riding the shinkansen um and he saw a businessman playing to kill time playing with an lcd calculator mm. uh. just pressing the buttons watching things happen the lcd calculator was hot stuff <laughs> yeah. in the early 80s yeah. i mean there, there, there Casio, was the lcd yeah. calculator yeah. everybody had to have an lcd calculator whether you needed it or not uh, it's yeah. just so cool it's true it's yeah. true and the technology at that point was really cheap because of economy of scale. Everybody wanted one, so they were making tons and tons of these LCD oh, wait, screens. Just to clarify, yeah. this is just this is a calculator, right? Calculator. <laughs> okay. I, calculator so in with, the a, early with a 80s, digital, you know, I readout. was transfixed with the LCD calculator, but I was a very little kid, mm-hmm. so it was just like whatever. I didn't okay. know what, what versions checking. of calculator came before that. 
Were there other ones? Well, there were that? like mechanical calculators. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that one sounds yeah. the first, Like yeah. the handheld or like calculator. like an abacus. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I mean, there were, I think yeah. there, were, they, there were calculators that use like, I remember like plastic calculators that used entirely mechanical. Like gears and stuff? Yeah, you punch the numbers in and it would turn wow. gears and I, add things up for amazing. you. That's amazing. I want one of those. That's wow. steampunk. Uh, and, but LCD huh. calculators, big deal. So this is how Gunpei Yokoi invented the Game and Watch, which was yeah, the, the LCD screen, yeah. right? They only played one game, but the screen was a calculator. Mm. You know, Whoa. it was just, it just, the calculator just caused certain areas of the LCD screen to light up mm. to show numbers, but they just used it for like stick figures and balls and things like uh, that. And, you little know, aliens dropping and Mario yeah. and yeah, Donkey yeah, yeah, Kong yeah. and whatever, right? Um, and he also invented the, the, what is called the D-pad. The cross oh. pad hmm. that oh. used to control things, hmm. which eventually would end up on the Nintendo Every, Entertainment yeah. System and the Game Boy, right? Because they needed something that wasn't a joystick Good to, UX to control things. Yeah, mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. down, left, yeah. right. And Nintendo still has the patent on that, so that's why nobody else what? can like legally oh, like. Really? You see, I mean, the PlayStation has it, but it's slightly different to get around the uh, patent because the PlayStation, uh. it's four, you notice it's like four separate buttons. Uh huh. So that's getting around Nintendo's wow. patent of that plus design. Oh, that's, that's really nice. interesting. Yep. Mm. Every time, every time somebody makes a new video game system and they want to do that, they have to like come up with their own like slight different that's take on right. it. Yeah, with like the Xbox, it, you know, for the Xbox 360's pad was like this weird kind of like it was almost like a joystick circle. it was like it would be a circle yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so a decade later after making game and watch in the early early part of the 80s um nintendo applies these this lesson of you know let's use withered technology in a novel way i mean computer sizes had shrunken so much at that point that like it was becoming possible to make a portable video game machine in fact it was totally possible late late 80s early 90s to do a portable game machine that had a color screen that was roughly equivalent in power to like you know the home video game consoles that were on the market it, you know you could even put a 16 bit graphics chip in there and do some really cool stuff and a lot of gaming hardware makers all kind of had the same idea at the same time but the difference with what Nintendo did was their priority was not let's make this thing super powerful and mm, knock your yeah. socks off it was Let's make it inexpensive. Let's give it the most battery life that we can possibly give it. So Nintendo's competitors, early competitors in the portable gaming space, Sega's Game Gear, the Atari Lynx, the Turbo Express, they had beautiful graphics, they had color screens, they were battery vampires. Ah. You put, you would put six triple A's into wow. a Sega Game Gear. <laughs> yeah. And it would just, there were two separate battery compartments, three <laughs> batteries and three batteries, and they'd be dead in like a couple of yeah. hours. So if you're a kid, like, you know, constantly having to like get more batteries, it's a huge expense, yeah. right? And it's, if you're a parent, it's like, I don't want to give you all these batteries. Nintendo, four double A batteries yep. in the original Game Boy, 15 to 20 hours yeah, of Yeah, it was a while. Yeah. You get yeah. tons of gameplay out of it. Yeah, that's like a, a, a whole plane flight and a yes! plane flight back. Exactly. I remember. Up oh, and down yeah. the eastern seaboard. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Once that red light comes on, you're yeah, like, oh. Like, oh. <laughs> no, no, the red light comes on, you're like, oh, no, I've only got an hour left out of these, out of these things where i got to swap the batteries. Yeah. The, the screen, I mean, a lot of this was due to the screen. It was not color. It was not even, it was, it was four shades of 
gray, basically, mm-hmm. is what the screen could do. It had no backlight. So, I mean, like, famously, yeah. you had to, like, shine lights on it and make sure you got the right angle. And and then instead of costing anywhere between, like, you know, $150 to $200, it cost $89.99. It wasn't even $99.99. It was mm-hmm. $89.99. And it came with Tetris. Yeah. For, so you got a free game with your $89.99. It was so cheap. They sold millions, you know, between Japan, the U.S., and Europe, just, like, took off like a rocket. They really aimed it, if you look at the original Game Boy ads, they aimed it at, like, business people, mm. you know, because they knew kids were probably going to buy it. So they they targeted the ads at, like, oh, are you on this cross-country L.A. to New York long-haul flight? Well, why don't you play golf on your Game Boy? Mm. Um, I mean, it, even even when it became feasible to do color graphics with, with good battery life, Game Boy was such a runaway train that it was just impossible to compete with it. And it just kept going and going and going. Just as Game Boy started to slow down a little, you know, just as people started to stop buying Game Boys, Nintendo, in the craziest stroke of genius and luck, released <gasps> Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> uh, the first uh, Pokemon games were released in Japan in February 1996. This was a huge shock. The Game Boy apparently, prior to Pokemon, the Game Boy, according to one source I found, the year prior they had shipped a million Game Boys in Japan. Like, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year following that release of Pokemon, three million Game wow. Boys. Okay. Um, and, and it just took off again. And, and like, eventually, Nintendo did have to bow to market pressures and release a Game Boy with a color screen <laughs> and better technology. But they actually, they released the Game Boy Color in the year 1998. Mm-hmm. So Nintendo got almost 10 years, years yeah. of black and white graphics of the old Game Boy hardware. Thanks in part to Pokemon reviving it. And again, like the Walkman, I remember as a kid, to to a grown-up, any handheld gaming it's system is a Game, Game Boy. Boy. That's right. Any, it's a, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. If, if it's electronic and you're playing it, it's Game Boy. My dad will still, to this day, yeah. any handheld, oh, are you playing on your Game Boy or something there? Yeah. Yep. Still. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Cute. It was just cemented. That's such a dad thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so mm-hmm. funny. All right. Let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So I want to tell a story about a certain invention, and this object was invented in 1894 in America, and it was called the Oyster Pail. Uh, Very easy to make, very cheap to make, just a little paper bucket, 
and yeah. it's supposed to you know a pail you're supposed to carry it like upright so there are oyster stands if you want an oyster you go to the fish market into the oyster stand and the thing is um they have uh the, the people who are selling them not only are they selling it to you they're also preparing it they would shuck the oyster okay. mm. for you because it's nice. hard to yeah. do it uh, by yourself and then they would put all the shucked oysters in the oyster pail for you to take it to go back home. Okay. So in the mid 20th century, the price of oysters went up because of overfishing. So now a lot of these manufacturers have all these uh, oyster pails that are unused. Okay. Um, kind of stocking up. Uh, also, in the mid 20th century, after World War II, there was a huge increase in prepared foods that can be purchased from restaurants. And at this time, especially post-war, Chinese food became really, really, really big. And so the oyster pail was quickly adopted for Chinese takeout. The oyster pail is... That iconic no. Chinese takeout the box. The white little foldy cardboard. Yep. You are blowing my mind. Yes. Hmm. Not Asian. Yeah. Totally U.S. invention and for oysters. And it was actually really great for Chinese food because Chinese food usually is very saucy, yeah. uh, oily, hot. Yeah. You know, it's not just like a, a sandwich box or something. It really can hold weird stuff, I guess, yeah. weird textured stuff. Yeah. Um, that's not a burger or a sandwich or a pizza. This became the iconic Chinese oh food God. takeout box. And so this is what, like 1940s, 1950s? Yep. And so I was looking into dishes that you'd see in Chinese food places here in America and kind of looking around at the origin to see if they're really Chinese or if they're U.S. Uh, made up or pseudo-Chinese or part Chinese. Uh, the poo-poo platter. Do you know oh, what, what what is the poo poo platter? Yeah, it's appetizer. It's like we're not appetizers, but like it's, <laughs> well, it's, like it's a variety it's like platter. A variety oh, platter, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it Hawaiian? It is Hawaiian. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. The poo poo platter probably first introduced to the states during uh you know the the tiki craze. Uh, yeah. sure. The Polynesia yeah. craze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, uh, the poop craze, which lasted yeah, from 1968, forever. slightly later yeah. in 1968, before present. being quickly abandoned. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. No, I mean, the thing is, you can say it might be kind of Chinese-inspired because there are Chinese people living in Hawaii, but really in Hawaii, poo is kind of like uh, canapes mm. or little mm-hmm. bites, little bits of food kind P- of all P-U-P-U, together. P-U-P-U, Yeah, right? P-U-P-U. Yeah. There is a Chinese name for it, uh, but it, I think it's like a... Backronym or mm. like a retcon. Oh, okay. Right, but poo poo is from from Hawaiian. <laughs> from Hawaiian. Uh, yeah. How many poo-poo. times can we get yeah. away with saying poo-poo. yeah? Crab Rangoon. See crab Rangoon in a yeah. lot of advertisements. Yeah. Are you wait, Karen? Are you going to t- are you going to sit here and tell me ruin my entire life and tell me that imitation crab and Philadelphia cream cheese <laughs> is not authentic Chinese food that I've been eating a lie? Every Tuesday night for my entire life. <laughs> One of the first places uh, to serve crab rangoon is Trader Vic's. Yeah, <laughs> okay. over here. Yeah. Speaking yep. of tiki yes. craze, tiki craze. Really? Uh huh. I kind of want to. Okay, I want to go there now. And we have eat. a we yeah. have a gift certificate. We, yeah, because we should. My ties were invented there. Yep. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that, crab that, rangoon. That was Oakland. That's Oakland. all I eat and or drink. My Thai crab rangoon. My Thai yeah. crab rangoon. Yeah. I'm passed yeah. out by one yeah. p.m. Chris right, has well. gout and. And yes. scurvy. Yeah. <laughs> Not a Chinese thing, crab rangoon. Not to mention, like, 
Rangoon is not in China. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to be too much of a the nitpicker. The sources but, say yeah. that like right. it's based on maybe a Burmese recipe, but yeah. cream cheese and yeah, the cream crab. cheese. The cream cheese is the giveaway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Chinese chicken salad, not Chinese either. What? Yeah, came out in nineteen sixties, kind of in mm. the salad, ho- you know, Hollywood. Oh, really? That exotic, early? Oh. Exotic phase. There was a uh, restaurant in Santa Monica called Madame Wu's. <laughs> Had a, like this is kind of your pan Asian or Californian okay. Asian kind of entry. There are salads and there's chicken in the salads in Chinese cuisine, <laughs> but not the chicken salad. There's one thing I have to talk about. I've I've never heard before and so interesting called. Yaka main. Yaka main. Yaka main. Yaka main. Like main as in like low main or chow oh, yeah. main. Okay. okay. Yaka main. It is a Chinese Creole mashup local food item in New Orleans. Whoa. Oh. That's awesome. What's in it? What's so in, it? in Taiwanese and Chinese cooking, there is um beef noodle soup. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is very, very uh iconic. This is a, a kind of a Creole American take on beef noodle soup where the noodle is spaghetti. Okay. And it's has the soup is stewed beef, uh, like brisket. And then uh, the broth has Cajun seasoning and bay leaves mm. and chili powder. And there's like a hard boiled egg and green onion. Oh, man. That's so it's like tasty. it's New Orleans ramen, basically? Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Oh, it my is. God. Can somebody send some to uh, us? I think you should probably make it yourself. Yeah. yeah they, they talk about so... how this is a great hangover cure. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean sure. Yeah, anything, Every, everything anything. is right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's spicy and it's hot and it's reminiscent of a, a Chinese beef noodle uh, soup. Man. Huh? Yaka well, Main. Yaka I want to go to New Orleans and I want to eat Yaka Main. Yaka Main. We were just watching Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmern and there there was an episode he was in Lima, Peru. Uh-huh. And apparently there's a large um, group of ethnic Chinese and Japanese yeah. people who um, in Lima have like established Peruvian Chinese food yeah. you know, or Chinese yeah. Peruvian food or Peruvian Japanese food. Chifa is huh. is the name for like Chinese food. It's very much the it's like same way. It's like yeah, it's mashup. It's it's done to their tastes. Mm. That's cool. Yep. So there you go. Some some four one one on uh, Chinese American food. Yeah. Probably the most popular takeout food. Oh, and also yeah. the oyster, oyster pail. Yeah, that, I don't mm-hmm. know what. The normal name is called Chinese takeout food box. Like food I, yeah, box? I would just call it a Chinese. Like if I had to do like carton. a stock image search, I would just search Chinese food carton or so carton yeah. carton. carton. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I live in America. <laughs> and and having to walk into a restaurant and take a takeout container is too hard. <laughs> too inefficient. Okay. So I would like to talk about that wonderfully American of inventions, the drive-through oh, yeah. window. Mm-hmm. Now, we shall begin by defining our terms, especially if you do not live in America like me and have some other funny <laughs> funny word for it, like Cockney rhyming slang or what. Um, a, sure. a drive-through window on a restaurant is distinct from a drive-in restaurant. A drive-in is a restaurant that does not have indoor seating. You drive your car into the parking lot, the waiter or car hop comes to your car, takes your order, brings your food to your car, you eat it in the car. This was from an era in which everyone was in love with their car. Yeah. And eating in your car sounded like the coolest thing. I associate yeah. it with very, very 50s in my mind. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so with a drive-through window, the restaurant inside may or may not have a inside seating area, but basically instead of even having to get out of your car, you pull up to the window, pay for and get your food, and then importantly drive off with your food you don't you don't sit there and eat it in the, the parking lot you can if you, you want. can you can if you really want to but if you're going to do that why don't you just go inside exactly here's your food get out here here's your here's your burger now get out <laughs> as 
as memorialized in the name of the fast food place, In-N-Out Burger. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of different places that claim to have invented the drive through window, but oh. in an in and out uh, the burger chain here in California and elsewhere, has a pretty solid claim to the invention of the modern-day drive through window, uh, which is intercom-based. Uh, you place your order into a speaker, they take your order, you drive up to the window, you pay, you drive up to the next window, they hand you your food, and then again, importantly, in and out. The original In-N-Out, built in 1948, had no inside seating and no parking lot. So very, very clear. Come here. Here's your burger. (laughs) Don't care where you go with it. You can't stay here. Because there's someone right in line behind you. Exactly. Exactly. That's actually really efficient because then you don't have to pay that much for property, like area property. that's the thing. It's super efficient. You can serve more people. I mean, you know, you're you're not paying for a lot of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Now, other burger chains began to add in drive-through windows. Um, After In-N-Out, Jack in the Box um, was sort of an early kind of Mm. jumper-honor with the drive-through windows. Wendy's. So let me ask you this. Hmm. Another Brad Pitt or Lasers, which is older question. Mm -hmm. Which is older McDonald's drive-through or Colin? Oh. McDonald's drive-through or Colin? I don't actually know how old Colin is. Colin that is, is part 67 of the- <laughs> years old. <laughs> I, I'll say Colin. I, wow. McDonald's. I, I, if you had asked me just to name the year, I would have guessed much earlier. But I'm I'm gonna lean with Karen. I'll guess I'll guess me. I'll guess I'll <laughs> okay. guess that I'm older than McDonald's okay. drive through. Yeah, I'll tell you. So In and Out was founded in 1948. McDonald's okay. was originally a barbecue restaurant in the 1940s, and they converted over into fast food service burger place in 1948, same year. So really, it's asking you how long it's for for Colin yeah. especially because I'm pretty sure he knows what year he was born. <laughs> how long did it take McDonald's to, to put the drive through window? Uh, was it before mm. or after? I'm going to switch. McDonald's, but not by much. I say McDonald's. Colin, you are older than McDonald's drive Wow. Wow. Colin was born in 1974. Uh, The first McDonald's drive-thru window was installed in 1975. Wow. Took him a long time. The impetus was there was a McDonald's in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and it was near a military base. The military men could not get out of their cars oh. while they were still in fatigues. Like they could, oh. they could drive off the base, but they couldn't get out of their cars. So they put in a drive-through window at the McDonald's. By 1988, McDonald's was doing 51% of its business oh, through yeah. the drive-through window. If you think about it, uh, on average, um, they were serving one car every 25 seconds out wow. the drive-through wow. window. So you think people don't have to come in, they don't have to sit yeah. down, oh, yeah. none of that stuff. The car comes up, you sell them the food, yeah. they leave. Nowadays, it's more like 60 to 70%. Of the business of a McDonald's with the drive-thru is done out the window. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Here's another question for you guys. If today, if you have, let's say you're driving along the highway on a road trip, mm-hmm. you want to get a drive-thru, but you want your food the fastest. Oh. Of the major burger places, where would you go if you wanted the fastest Food. Fastest. Oh, that's food. a good question. Wow, like that is good. Um, huh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna guess in and out. I'm gonna guess that they yeah. mastered it. I don't, I don't think so. I think they cook it. Yeah. Like, I think they. And Burger oh. King. Do they still do it your way? Because that takes a while. Oh yeah. right. Oh, so maybe it's the that's place right. that has the fewest options, like like White yeah. Castle. Wendy's or something. is very fast. I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So QSR, 
Quick Serve Restaurants, it is the trade industry publication for the fast food business, <laughs> yeah, right. does a annual drive through study. Uh, and in 2013, they found that the fastest of what they surveyed was Wendy's. Oh, yeah. Wendy's, Wendy's had an average fast. time of 133 seconds from order to, to, to payment wow. to food. 133 seconds. The slowest. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, Chick-fil-A was over 200 seconds. Now, that's still not a long time. That's still super fast to get your food. Mm -hmm. But if that extra minute counts, USA Today reported last year, coming off the back of the survey, that actually drive-through waiting times in general are actually getting longer and longer and longer. Uh, does anybody want to guess why? People are slow. The menus are too complicated. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, my, that's two answers. Yeah. Which well, one I do mean, you want to pick? Like, <laughs> and they're, they're related. You have to read. There are a lot of options. And yes. Yeah. Figuring it so out. That's yeah. true. The answer is, in fact, menu bloat. Yeah. Uh, and it's not only it's not only the fact that there's more options on the menu. Yeah. To attract more customers, fast food places are making more and more complicated dishes at this point with all kinds of different ingredients that have the to be fajita, put on yeah, or fajitas and salad bowls that are custom handmade and all this and wraps and all kinds of stuff where it's not just like burger fries and a coke anymore but to hear the qsr magazine tell it customers actually aren't concerned as much with speed as they are with what do you think the big one is for for drive-through customers for me it's accuracy they, they better get that order right absolutely i get so mad when they get the order wrong you are you are absolutely you're driving correct away the you're thing, not gonna drive back and you, be like you gave me the wrong oh oh, well, oh colin drives back oh yeah. colin drives yeah. back if that's they get right the order and wrong. It, right and, <laughs> and you're gonna be super ticked off like more so than yeah. if you had been waiting an extra 30 seconds for the order so actually one of the things that people really know that these companies really work on is accuracy if you go and get drive through at burger king yeah you need to check that bag <laughs> Burger King of the companies uh, tested had the lowest accuracy <laughs> score, 82.5% wow, accuracy wow. rating. That means that nearly one-fifth of, of the yeah. time oh you go to Burger God. King, they're giving you the wrong B order. B-minus. You need, B to, you need to look yeah. in that bag. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. yeah. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. All right, and we have one quick quiz segment, Dana. All right, I don't know how we could have an episode about portable things, how we can have an episode <laughs> about oh, portable yeah, not things. Just people in general. No, but. us specific <laughs> and not have something about the porta potty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Portaloo, Porta John. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, oh, do they say Portaloo in England? They do. Portaloo? Oh, Port-a-loo. Yeah. Oh, that's so Port-a-loo. cute. Mm-hmm. Portaloo. <laughs> Sounds like a music festival. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so which toilet cubicle in a row of uh, Portaloos is the least used on oh, average? Oh, which one should I, you go to if you I want to clean like it? I have well, read this with, before. In, in bathrooms, it is yeah. the one closest to the door. Oh. So I'm going to go ahead and guess it's like the one that's closest to the line full of, of, of people yeah. that are waiting there. It is the first, first one. one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I think because people, people don't want to like, do it right next to the line. Right. right? If you yeah. had a choice, you'd move further away from everybody. Oh, that right. says a lot about like human psychology. So that's Ooh. all. Yeah, and the same. It's the same yeah. thing in a bathroom. So if you want yeah, to I've heard that with urinals. The cleanest, yeah, the cleanest yeah. urinal, the cleanest toilet. So, right, yeah. so the easiest to get to is not the one that's picked well, or the shortest. Yeah. Right. No, uh, people want to get far away. Yeah, you want to go deep into the woods to take care of your business. Yeah, that makes sense. How many portable toilets were at Obama's inauguration? Oh, oh my was it? God. Oh, multiple choice? I'll give you multiple choice. Okay, right, I okay. mean, you, how could you figure <laughs> yeah. it out? 1,000, 5,000, or 15,000? 15,000. 15, uh, yeah, uh, whatever you said, I was going to pick the highest one. So highest I'm, I'm going to stick with that. It's 5,000. Oh. What am I? Like, some, I'm just going to give you That's a lot of, that's more than a music festival. That's, that's a lot. A lot that's of, that's, that's, that's yeah. true. You know, music festival, if somebody pees against a tree, nah, okay. Yeah. Obama's inauguration, if no. like Joe Biden is like, you know, because <laughs> yeah, he's the one you're worried about. Ball, <laughs> it's like, I can't find a porta john. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, yeah, you don't want that. Keeping it classy. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> okay, in the 1940s in Long Beach, California, um, the forerunner of the modern portable toilet was born, so that way workers in this industry could stay on the job longer. Okay. What industry? Long Beach, California in um, 1940s. I'll guess dock workers. Shipbuilders, the first. Shipbuilders. Uh, Shipbuilders. <laughs> ship <laughs> ship. No, it's a family show. <laughs> ship. No. People who build Large boats. Ships. Ships. Ship Ship builders. Yeah, it was a a heavy wooden box with a metal inside. (laughs) So there's privacy and it was portable. They can move it around. Unfortunately, like wood starts to smell bad after a while. (laughs) Metal is hard to clean. So they tried like different... Different types of materials. Right. Um, <laughs> Sponge was a terrible yeah. idea. The less said about it, the better. Yeah. 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 So, um, here, here's one: Brad Pitt or porta potties. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The first patent on the porta potty or Brad Pitt, which is oh, older. The All first right. patent on the porta potty. So yeah. we know. Brad so Brad Pitt, Pitt was uh, 63. Brad Pitt, I believe, was born 63. Oh, I'll say I'll say Brad Pitt. Mm, I'll say yeah. Brad Pitt is older. I'll say porta potty. It's porta potty. Oh. It was sixty-two. It was oh. right before bed. Wow. Is that like what constructed of plastic or fiberglass? Yes, or, uh, yeah. fiberglass holds smell, so it was plastic. Oh. Yes, yeah. Oh, wow. They figured out yep. the plastic in sixty-two. Mm-hmm. Not, not <laughs> okay, true or false? <laughs> there is a medically recognized word to describe a fear of porta potties. Oh, a fear of porta potties. True, absolutely true. I wish. I wish oh, it were true. Oh. I looked so hard, and there, no, there isn't. But there, there but, are specific, but it's a, there's it's specific fears of of poop, of pee, right, of right. Like, public, public. Spaces. But there's no specific one for that for porta potties. Everybody, it, everybody wants one. I give think it time. There needs we to can, be. Yeah. Can we make up one? What would you say if you're porta? Oh, we can make well, one up. You know yeah, what? Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> This is the mission. Feel free to submit on. your ideas. In the comments are it's on gotta Facebook. Be, it's got to be Greek, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So Greek words. Not Latin, Greek. Greek. So Greek words for uh, toilet or or possibly like the outside, act. Public yeah. or toilet. Or outside. Here. Public. public. May, may I yeah. suggest claustropubia? <laughs> you may not. Okay. All right. So you can suggest it, but we'll keep looking yeah. around. There was like... Portopho- somebody most- had portophobia, but they're like, is that a fear of ports? That doesn't sound right. It yeah, has to be, so. it has to be yeah. everything altogether. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. All right. yeah. Okay. And then the last one. According to the BBC, which British monarch used a portable toilet that was shaped like a box covered with red velvet, trimmed with lace, and with Ooh. a lid and with carrying handles? 
Do they oh, have those on Amazon? Old, old school. I would yeah. assume old school. Which so, British monarch? So, yeah. With that, like, a carrying thing? Yeah. I'm going to guess it's going to be a queen. I can't really? imagine, like, Henry VIII would care about this. I think it's Henry this. VIII. So I was going to guess, like, like oh. Okay. I'm going to say Queen Victoria. I'm gonna Henry say- VIII. Is Elizabeth one? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So in uh, 1596, John, Sir John Harrington introduced Queen Elizabeth to the first flushing toilet. Yes, in the court. yes. So Harrington, this is fascinating trivia to me, probably to you guys too. But Kit Harrington, John <gasps> Snow, is a descendant oh, of God. Sir John Harrington. Holy cow! Oh <laughs> my. So you might say he has a claim to the throne. Oh, yes, yes. Game of <laughs> that's wow. it. That's it. <laughs> and the show is over. Wow. Yeah, he knows something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mic drop. All right, we're gonna end the show now. That was awesome. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about portable things: Walkman, Game Boy, uh, Jon Snow, Chinese food and uh, portable drinks and more. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Audible, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.